Hello and welcome to Humans of Agape, a new podcast by Agape Europe. We are a community of people who make Jesus known, so lives are changed and Europe is transformed. We want to bring spiritual hope and help to people from all walks of life. I am your host, my name is Jochen Geck. I work in the student movement in Montpellier in the south of France, and I'm curious to hear about what God is doing across Europe. So this is what this podcast is all about. I interview people who are on staff with Agape and ask them about what God is doing in their lives and ministries. In today's episode, we're traveling to Lyon, France, to hear from Sophie Dulet what God is doing there. After this episode, we're taking a summer break and we'll be back in September with brand new episodes. But now, let's talk to Sophie. Hello, Sophie. Hello. It's so great to talk to you. Yes, it is for me to talk to you. <laughs> How are you, Sophie? I'm fine. It's uh, really hot in Lyon today, but it's okay. It's okay. You suffer through it? Yes. Well, it's summer. You should be happy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the water. Uh, we, we survive. Very good. Sophie, you mentioned Lyon. You are in Lyon. What is it you do in Lyon? So I work as a staff for Agape Campus in Lyon since three years. Okay, Agape Campus is? Oh yeah, it is, it's a, a student ministry for Agape in France. Very good. And uh, what is it you do with the student ministry for Agape in France, in Lyon? Uh, so my role is two different area. The first one, I help Christian students grow in their faith and help them to have a good testimony and to grow in their testimony. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the second part is uh, I, I reach uh, not Christian students and uh, I go on the campuses to meet them or I help them discover the Bible through Bible Discovery Group. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's my two work area. From this general overview, what can we imagine a week to look like, or what does a day in your life look like in your work life? Oh, well, um, that's it depends on the, what is happening in the ministry, because the ministry, well, the students go to school from September to May, so a crazy week from September to May with lots of meetings with students. We go on the campuses for outreach uh, twice a week. And then we have once a week an event with all the students. So, yeah, that, and then I meet students one by one, students. Or I also lead small groups every other week. Okay. So, yeah, I didn't really answer your question because it's quite hard to say what, what my week looks like. Okay. It changes every, every week. Okay, so you have to be pretty flexible. Yes, indeed. Very good. Now... Tell me a little bit about Lyon. What's Lyon like for students and what are the students like in Lyon? Oh, so in Lyon we have one million people living there. Um, maybe it's the second biggest city in France, but Marseille is also fighting for this title, so I don't know. And we have uh, 150,000 students living there. So it's a really dynamic city with lots of um, yeah industrial and also yeah lots of offices and lots of campus and schools also so it's a really awesome city mm -hmm. so it's a big city yeah with lots of students and big universities yep lots of well big and small universities okay so lots of different schools yes mm -hmm. and what are the students like 
wow, it's hard to say, but uh, I would say the students in Lyon and probably in the rest of France, they are happy to talk about what they believe and what they, yeah, in who they trust, but they don't know really God and they don't really want to know him. And uh, I would say I love talking with students because they are interested with uh, <clears throat> lots of things and most of them are quite nice. But of course you can meet not nice people, but I would say the students uh, are looking for the truth and in Lyon it's important for them to know that what they believe is the real truth. Okay, so no matter their spiritual background, that's yeah. the question they're asking? I mean, they don't want to believe stuff that are obviously not true. So it's not, they are not on a quest to find the ultimate truth because sometimes, a lot of times when we talk, it's like, yeah, you can have your truth, I will have mine. But if they realized what they believe is not the truth, they will change. Like they don't want to be stuck in something that is obviously a mistake. And then I guess that's also what they expect of others? Well, yes, but at the same time, because there is this belief that everything is uh, relative, then it's fine if you, if you believe what you believe, as long as you don't bother me, it's fine. So even if I think what you're believing and what your life looks like according to that belief is wrong, maybe even... Like, if I offend you, mm -hmm. uh, then I will try to change you. But if you, I don't care, like, if it doesn't change my life, you can believe whatever you want. Live and let live. Yes. Yes. That's it. So, so it's pretty hard when you ha are having a conversation with non-Christian people because they don't really care. Like, they care, like, for f seven minutes <laughs> what you're telling them about your belief and how, it's, how God or Jesus is changing your life. But after, yeah, ten minutes, they are like, we don't know each other. It's not like we can move on, change the subject. Now, I find it interesting that you say, they would say, we don't know each other, uh, let's move on. Yeah. That suggests to me that in the case of friendships and relationships, it would be different. Conversations would yeah. be different. Yeah, I think because in a relationship, like you care, like you have a bond bond with the people. So if they say something is uh, huge things in their life, then they will listen and they will ask questions. And they will trust that you're not just telling something to make them a Christian. Like my roommate, she, she was not a Christian and she's still not a Christian, but we, we had this uh, amazing conversation in the middle of the night because I don't know, like she didn't care at the beginning, but then she saw how I was living and how important it was. And she kept asking me questions that was so hard to answer most of the time because she was asking me, yeah, like how, how does it work, the mystery of faith, and I, I don't know how to answer that with words. But she, I could see that she was uh, interested in my belief because she was uh, caring for me. Mm -hmm. I imagine that influences the way you interact with students too, and you mentioned your role as helping Christian students to walk in their faith and mm -hmm. to, to live it out. What yeah. does that look like? Well, I think many students who come from a Christian family, most of our students come from a Christian family, they think, um, they kind of discover that it's people don't believe the same thing. And maybe for most of them, uh, it's the first time they can have a strong friendship outside of 
church, not most of them, but half of them. And for me, it's really important to help them understand how precious the non-Christian are and how important it is to like listen to their stories and respect their beliefs, even if sometimes we can see they are wrong and the way they live their life is not according to God's plan. I think, yeah, when I see how Jesus reacted with people around him, I can see he respects the stories of the people. He asks questions, even if he doesn't agree. And so that's what I'm trying to help the student understand is that even if we don't agree with the people and we can still not agree and love them and have good conversation even if we don't agree because there is love that God gives us for them. Then I would like to know through the, the ways you try to model that for your students, what have you seen God doing in the last couple of months? Well, I think I, uh, my dream would be that uh, the students will love their friends even more uh, because of how I react when they talk about like maybe difficult situation with them and how I model the fact that we can bring everything to God and we can ask him for help, we can ask him for love for the people that we don't really love. And yeah, I mean, in the way that I talk with them, uh, we have prayer time and during our events uh, during the week I, I want to be available to pray with them if I can see on their face that they are not doing well I want to yeah, really model the fact that if we don't feel well if we have uh, hard stuff going on we can really pray and trust that God has uh, something for us and even if we don't know how he's going to handle the situation so I think that's my main my main goal for the Christian student to really help them trust God. Yeah, huge and vast project, but <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, if I, I could live that, that would be pretty beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that doesn't seem like just theory. No, it, it is not, but I mean, sometimes I forget to pray with the student or sometimes I... I, yeah, in the way I model, I don't even trust that God can do something with their situation. So I'm like, yeah, my, it's not a trust attitude that I have. So it's not modeling so well what I want to, but that's fine. There's mm -hmm. grace for that too. <laughs> I'd like to know from you what God has been doing in Lyon. And the, that's like the overarching theme for this entire podcast. Yeah. And you're our local and resident expert from Lyon, France, student ministry. Yeah. Please let us know, tell us stories. What has God been doing wow. in Lyon? That's a good question because um, like at the end of the year, you can take time to look back. And I've, as I took the time, I was really amazed with what God was doing. And uh, we had these huge events uh, with the Narnia play. So all the Ooh. students uh, gathered uh, for one evening to play the Narnia. I can't say the name in English, but it's the second book and the first movie with the White Witch and uh, yeah, and Aslan. And so we did this play, and 550 people came, and uh, the students like they they did this for in three months, and like on the 15 students that were on stage, only three of them only had an experience with play and theater before 
and it was crazy like they were meeting every other day for uh, yeah, training and rehearsing and it was amazing to see how God even though the students were not perfect and we were not perfect as staff and lots of things happened that were difficult uh, I was really amazed at how Jesus gave us grace and he was gracious even in our mistakes that even our mistakes didn't come in the way of this thing to become alive and so yeah I was amazed by what Jesus did and in the students because they it was so intense they had to learn to depend on God and yeah it was wow yeah you should talk with the students because when they talk about that they still have stars in their eyes and wow that sounds like an amazing team effort by the students yes it was Yeah. So what was the goal behind that? So if you know a bit about Narnia, the story, it's a story of Aslan who sacrifices himself to save uh, Edmund. Sorry if it spoils you. <coughs> you should go watch the movie or read the book. So it's C.S. Lewis wrote that to explain the gospel to his nephew and niece. And we just wanted to have a way to invite people because we realized that the students, they really have to trust their friends and agape to come to our meetings even if it's non-spiritual things like if we do a pancake evening if they know it's made by a Christian organization they won't come or most of them won't come but so we wanted to do something creative that could appeal to anybody so we decided to do that and also we had a student it was her childhood dream to do that so she is the big reason why it happened because she was yeah she did most of the job management work and she was amazing that that idea worked that people who wouldn't have trusted a christian organization before let themselves be invited to that and, and come yeah like uh, i'm i'm pretty sure that if you have a friend or a family member who does something like this that is so huge you want to see what they are doing so you will and many people came and it was maybe the first time they could hear the gospel even if we like didn't say we we said it was a image of the gospel we said Aslan is Jesus but then we didn't have any more christian talk during the evening because we wanted to make people feel safe and not to trap them and because in France if you trap people then they will be so mad so we yeah that's what we i think On the 500 people, I don't know, maybe 200 of them were non-Christian and are a Christian that don't walk with Jesus like they say they are Christian, but maybe they didn't really understood what grace was. I have no idea if people gave their life to Christ, and I don't think so because we didn't hear about that. But I'm sure it was an important step on their journey because they heard it for the first time, maybe. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Let us hear that number again. How many people heard the message of the gospel the way it's explained in Narnia? I'm saying a number. I don't know if it's the right one, but and we were 500 people on, in the room, and maybe 100 or 200 uh, were not Christian. That's But huge. I, I, I'm not sure. Like I don't know. I have no idea how I can know because... Like with 500 people, you don't know anybody, yeah, everybody. Yeah, but that's amazing. Yeah. Before I ask you about more things that happened, uh, this school here in, in, in Lyon, let's recap, because you said something that's interesting. You said that in France, people generally don't, or most people wouldn't trust a Christian organization, and that you, and especially your students, you found a creative, not even a workaround, but an answer to that. 
invite them to something that matters to them, that's mm. that's relevant to them. And you also said you clearly presented, or the students clearly presented, what the play was about, what C.S. Lewis uh, intended uh, by writing this book, or these books. But then you didn't want the people to feel trapped, invited to something where they were bombarded with messages, yeah. but actually to enjoy the art and to enjoy the story that uh, speaks for itself. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard balance to find between the... You don't want to like mix a message and then it gets lost, but if you don't mix it a bit, then nobody comes. So, And I think in France with uh, how we... The church history and everything that happened with the uh, yeah Catholic and Protestant church in the yeah in the last 100 years, I think it's yeah really important for Christians today to realize that people don't trust Christians. They should, but because we should be a people of grace and love and mercy like Jesus, but we are not sadly. So when we plan uh, events, we really need to think, okay, will the people feel safe if they don't believe the same things as us? Will they feel welcomed? And and at the same time, how can we present the gospel story and the gospel message so they can respond if they are ready? Or if in five years they are ready, they will have heard it uh, when they were students. So it's a really hard balance. And yeah, I'm not sure we found it with Narnia because I don't know if Yeah, people really realize the message. Even we, if even if we said it, I'm not sure they really connected the this play with the Bible. But I want to trust that God can use even this to yeah reach people and make them think about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it has a lot to do with what you said earlier about truth in a way being very important to students and and. Um, truth being what what they believe in mm. and so that if you want to reach people you have to respect that they already have something uh, yeah. they believe in even though you uh, might think it's mistaken yeah. and that by presenting them with an atmosphere of mm. um, something that's 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 relevant to them mm. but lived out in, in uh, love and grace yeah. that that's how you reach people Yeah, and you have to be really humble. And yeah, maybe as Christians, we are not the humblest of people, sadly. But if we see Jesus, he, he knew the whole truth. Like, I'm not sure I have the whole truth about God and I will never have it because I live in a broken world. But Jesus, he had the whole truth and the way he reacted with people was with humility, like, wow. And so humility brings trust, I think, for the people because... They can feel they don't have all. You don't have all the answers, and I think in in France with the students, it's a really important place to start, and maybe not just with the students actually. Mm -hmm. Now let's hear a little bit more about what um, you've seen God do. Mm -hmm. Maybe even stories of people who trusted Jesus for the first yeah. time. We have a tool in Lyon, it's a Bible discovery group, and it's made with 12 Bible studies with 12 verse, well, verses and chapters of the Bible. And it comes, it starts with Genesis and it ends with a spoiler, uh, the start of the church. And so we did that with two girls this year. Actually, one of them is um, the sister of a girl who gave her life to Jesus last summer after a Bible discovery group. And so we 
we just read the passages there are questions and uh, with lots of respect with whatever they believe we try to see what the Bible is telling about this passage and the, this study and we like the two uh, I'm not sure when they gave their life to Christ because they didn't do it in front of us but at one point we asked them frankly so are you Christians now or kind of like that <laughs> and they said yes And I was like, okay, great, let's drink to that. We, we drank water <laughs> to celebrate that they gave their life to Jesus. And yeah, it was really an amazing group because they ha had lots and lots of questions. And it's still a challenge when people ask you questions because you want to point them to the Bible and to Jesus to find the answers. And so, yeah, we finished uh, two weeks ago and yeah. It's amazing to see what the Holy Spirit is doing in new Christians because, wow, he helped them so much understand so many things that are so hard to grasp and understand. Yeah. Wow, that's really beautiful. Yeah, God is so good. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Now, Sophie, I know you are a person who's uh, interested in many things. I would like to know from you what you are learning at the moment. Yeah, that's a good question because uh, I, I just changed flats. So I was living with two roommates and I uh, started to live on my own. And I was so scared of this transition because, yeah, I, I've been living since I left my parents only with two roommates. So, um, yeah, I was so scared. But then I realized that everything uh, we have and every, yeah, every good things we have really comes from God and... I mean, I know that, but I really felt it in the last two months. And I've been so amazed and uh, yeah, so thankful for everything God gives. And he is so extravagant in the way he gives because, yeah, he just keeps giving all the time. And I think God used this situation to open my eyes with the, how gracious and kind he is. When did you most need that in that process? Oh, yeah. So I just uh, gave the key back to my apartment and it, uh, we had a, like a meeting to check that everything was good and not broken in the flat. And it lasted so long and I was uh, really angry and I think I was kind of right to be angry. But then I, it was a challenge to remember that this flat was a grace and this flat was a kind gift from God and the opportunity I have to like live somewhere with a roof and yeah to just be able to talk with like yeah it's a good teaching to realize you have to depend on God and you can choose to see the good things or the bad things mm -hmm. yeah but it's I'm not success, <laughs> successing a lot with that but on my way <laughs> it's, so, it's probably process, a yeah. lifelong process yes it is <laughs> but it's a good truth Now, Sophie, you've mentioned a couple of times uh, already things that are remarkable about France or what France is like. And I like to believe that there are fingerprints of God in every culture. Where would you say those fingerprints are in French culture? Where do you see them, you as a French woman? Yeah. So I love friends and I love French people. And working with Agape, with lots of people from different countries, helped me realize how special France was. Like every country is special, but if you don't meet other people from other countries, you won't realize how 
yeah, how weird or how different your culture is. <laughs> and so I started to realize that the way French people strike all the time and go to demonstrate in the street and they say strong and harsh things about the government or government from other countries and yeah, we just complain a lot. And that's not just a stereotype? That's not a stereotype. And uh, But for me, I complain a bit, but not too much, I think, <laughs> as a French person. God helped me with that. But I think what hides behind all this complaining and the strikes and everything is a need for justice and a need for, yeah, for things to change. And sadly, people are more interested in France with their own needs. So when they go on strike, it's not for the environment or for... I don't know, migrants or stuff that are not yeah, in their lives, but it, they go for their own needs. But I can see how justice and French people, they thirst for justice. And I love that God is the same. Like, he, he doesn't even thirst for justice. He's just. And, yeah, I think that's important when I talk with students who are French to make them understand that God, he's so just. Like, maybe the church... Maybe the Christians they met in their lives were an unjust people, and they really were not good people. But they were, yeah. I think the students are happy to learn that I believe God will have the final words, that God will be so just in the end, even if we don't know what it would look like. But, yeah, I think the thirst for justice is a good image of what God is. But God is not going on strikes, so that's good. That's definitely good for us. That's uh, what we live off. Yeah. yeah. Sophie, what do you most enjoy about your job? I really like to uh, meet with the girl students and just talk and see how they are doing in their lives and how uh, God is acting in their lives and how I can help them and come alongside them for them to be healthy uh, in an emotional, relational and spiritual way and how they can be healthy in the way they uh, interact with non-Christian and how yeah I mean I like the fact that we can just meet talk and then the Holy Spirit will guide me to whatever <laughs> we need to talk about that day and yeah and then just help them and challenge them yeah and to see them grow yeah yeah that's amazing also that's a good reward Yeah. Well, Sophie, it's been very fascinating to get your input on striking French people, God sends for justice, Narnia, yeah. and we've covered a lot of different things. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's been a great experience. Yes, God bless you. You too. That was Sophie Doulet. She does student ministry in Lyon, France. If you have ideas for the perfect next guest or questions, you can reach me at agape at agapeeurope.org. Other than that, you can also find Agape Europe on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website, agapeeurope.org. And just remember, this podcast is taking a summer break and will be back in September. I'm Jochen Geck, and this is Humans of Agape. See you next time.